Scott, love you. Thank you, everyone. You may be seated. This is a great joy for me to be with you. This is the school that I started in 100 years ago. And uh, this is where I met my wife, who wasn't going to school here. But she came up for a Thanksgiving break. And that was 48 years ago. And uh, she's on the front row. Dr. Robin Wilkerson, would you please stand, sweetheart? So glad she's here. She will be speaking at the conference. I'm so blessed and honored to be with uh, President Hagan and Karen. Uh, these are dynamic leaders and people, and it's a great honor to be with them and, and our administrators and faculty. God bless you for this opportunity. Thank you for trusting me with such fine men and women today. Uh, we've got a few minutes, and I want to just tell you, even though tomorrow starts the event, uh, I want to talk to you about what you have to have right now uh, to go forward, whether it's in education, computer science, medicine, law, whatever you're going into, you need this, what I'm going to talk about. My granddads were both men full of the Holy Spirit. My Granddad Wilkerson died when I was 12 years, 80 years old. Uh, a great man of God. Had 10 kids. And uh, from my grandfather came a man by the name of David Wilkerson, the founder of Teen Challenge Worldwide. He's now in heaven with Jesus. Um, one of his granddaughters uh, is married to Dick Eastman. Dick and Dee Eastman uh, lead the Every Home Crusade for Christ out of uh, Colorado. It's a worldwide organization. In the last 30 years, I spoke the 30-year anniversary this uh, past spring, and uh, in the past 30 years under Dick's leadership, 200 million people have come to faith in Jesus Christ. I could go on and on about just my uh, brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles that just are part of Granddad Wilkerson's lineage. My mother's father, uh, D.P. Holloway, uh, was a tent revivalist in uh, Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi and Alabama. And he had tent meetings during Prohibition in the 1920s. And one night this Jewish young man came in with a gang to uh, cut the ropes on the tent. And uh, before he started cutting, he came in and he cursed my grandfather. And uh, granddad called him out and rebuked him in the name of Jesus. The kid was about 18 years old. He came to the altar, knelt, repented, and um, went home. And his father and mother kicked him out of the house because he was Jewish. But uh, he came back that night about 3 in the morning to the tents that my granddad Dad and mom lived in a tent next to them were their guards because so many people were getting saved back in the woods that were running white lightning and that was going up the east coast to New York to be sold illegally and what was happening was the guys that were making liquor in the backwoods were getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost at my grandfather's life was threatened on a regular basis by the mob so they carried uh, you've heard about you know uh, you know, the, the goombas that kind of protect the pastors now. I mean, 
they actually protected the pastor back then from actual death, not just from someone saying hi. Hello. And my granddad and mother were only three years older than this young man. They said, why don't you get in the truck with us and go on the road with us? So my granddad discipled him for three years, and he became Dr. Edgar Bethany, one of the great leaders of the Assemblies of God for many years. And his daughter was a woman by the name of Jan Crouch. Hello. Anyway, they, she and her husband formed Trinity Broadcasting Network worldwide. You never know who you're reaching when you're just trying to save your life. Hallelujah. These were just my granddads. They were all in 100%. They couldn't get enough of Jesus. And I want to just read from John chapter 3, a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. Verses 5 through 8, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are of water and the Spirit, born of the water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk for just a few moments on born-again people of the wind. Because the Holy Spirit is like the wind. He blows wherever he wants to blow. You can't make it happen, and you can't grab him. You can only... Cry to God that he would infill you with such power. Now, you got to know that our family is all in for 100 years, just all in to God. And we are Pentecostal people. All right. Acts chapter two, verses one through four. We're all about that. But I'm talking about more than just an experience today. I'm talking about being so bathed with Jesus inside and out of side that that you are literally driven. Every detail of your life is, Jesus, what would you have? What would you want me to do? I want to be your servant, whatever you ask of me. To be a 100% Pentecostal is to be a man or woman who has no desires necessarily for himself or herself, just the desire of heaven. I can tell you, at this age and through these many years of serving the Lord, I can only tell you that every desire that I ever had that was laid at the altar, God has fulfilled my desires as it was my desire to fulfill his desires for my life. You think that when you yield yourself to God and give him everything that you're going to be short-circuited somehow. That is not the case. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God will take care of his kids like no dad has ever taken care of a son or daughter that you've ever met this side of heaven. I can tell you that. Uh, growing up, for me, it was all about God, healing, Holy Spirit, rapture of the church, revival meetings every other month. Every other month, revival. Two-week revival. All the evangelists stayed in our home. Missionaries always staying in our house, telling us stories of what God was doing and miracle-working victories all over the world. 
It was always my dad saying, son, Jesus is coming. Don't sin. Stay away from sin. Run to Jesus, son. Jesus is coming. Okay, dad. Oh, okay. Jesus is coming. Okay. And you know what? We were a family led by conviction. You know, one of the greatest downfalls of the modern church, in my opinion, is that we've replaced that convicts me with that offends me. And by the way, if you ever get a chance to read John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan, it will be one of the greatest things you've ever read if you're going, whenever you go into marketplace ministry or the professional ministry, I'm just telling you, you let that offense thing get lodged in your heart. Bitterness overwhelms you, and all of a sudden you're heading south before you know it. Uh, We weren't allowed to be offended. We were only allowed to be convicted, hallelujah, by the Holy Spirit. In fact, my dad was a happy legalist. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, my dad made legalism fun. You know, son, we don't go to movies. That's great, dad. <laughs> we don't dance. Oh, I'm so excited about that, dad. My entire school is into drinking, partying, sleeping around, going to dances and movies, but we don't do any. All right. I'll get a chance to prove myself. I got run over at school every day of my life. But I loved my God because my dad introduced me to my God. There was nothing I was unwilling to do for my God. I didn't have time to think much about Rich because I was thinking about him, what he wants, what he wants of me. Now, folks, let me say this. I was a Pentecostal raised on the wrong side of the tracks. We were poor. Uh, people made fun of us because we spoke in tongues, believed in divine healing. So we were made fun of, you know. And um, in, in that experience, you either get rebellious or you want more of Jesus. And I don't know how it is that I wanted more of Jesus. I just wanted, the more I was put down, the more I wanted Jesus, the more, more Jesus I want. Now, let me ask you, some of you in the room are parents. When your kid obeys you and does what you ask them to do, what do you do as a parent? I'll tell you what I did as a parent and still do. I reach for my wallet. If I've got a, a son that's saying, Dad, Dad I'm all, all in, whatever you want. I'm right, hey, I'm, I'm reaching. I want to bless him. That's what happened to the Pentecostal church worldwide. For some reason, because of our hunger for God, our desire for God, God reached for his wallet and began to bless us. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Behold, now is the day of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That word salvation means sozo in the Greek is sozo. It means healing of every description in a man or woman's body. Mental, physical, spiritual, complete healing. Now is the day to get complete. When when our sister said, don't do it, she was talking from the heart of God. Because God's saying, I got you. I can heal you in every part of your life. I've got you. (laughs) And so what happened to us as a church is we just started getting blessed. 
We started prospering. We started experiencing divine he- healing. We started growing. And with the growth came uh, a need for more meetings and uh, more organizational management. And I'm all for that. And uh, more, we got to have another this meeting, another committee meeting, all the. And pretty soon, what happened was. We started getting away from this hunger for Jesus. Uh, I personally, in my lifetime, have, have watched prayer meetings change from prayer meetings to committee meetings, from talking to God to talk, talk, talking with men and women. What do we do about this? Talk, 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 all day long. Still can't come up with any kind of an idea what to do with it. All right? I have seen in my lifetime volunteerism change to paid help. Uh, I have seen in my lifetime a Holy Spirit fervor uh, replaced with a desire for man's favor. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, I've, I've seen it change from how can I take for my, my city for God to how can I fit into the community. I'm just so done with that. Because at the end of the day, you know what it is? It's bureaucracy. It's quotes. Maybe this, this is probably the worst oxymoron, spiritual bureaucracy. I'm just saying. It's, it's just, it's like spiritual politics. It's like, well, let me talk to my supervisor first. Let me talk. We got to talk to everyone before we talk to God. I'm done with that. Men and women, you need God. Rich Wilkerson needs God. I need God more than I've ever needed God in my life. I've got so many levels of ah, right now in my life. The talking to people doesn't really help. That's, that's one of the reasons I got into my problem. People, blah, 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 blah. Just, just talking to me. Talk, talk, talking. I got to get alone and get with Jesus. Yeah, you say, well, Rich, what, what, what is it? What, what is it? What is it? To be Pentecostal. Well, it's to go with the wind. I mean, it's to go with the wind. You'll have your agenda set, and all of a sudden, something will happen. I got redeemed at this university 100 years ago. Someday I'll tell you the story. You'll never be the same. I promise you. We used to party at this university like you have no idea. No one was going to heaven. Except, except for a guy named Rocky Grams. Okay, that was the only guy. He was the only guy we knew in the entire school that was saved. Okay, I'm just telling you. And then God interrupted us and changed this university, 1971. And after that, there was no sleeping in on Sunday. Everybody was, everybody was out on the streets. Everyone, I mean, people were standing in snow up to their knees with an American flag preaching to three people walking on a day off downtown. They just wanted to get the gospel out. And they had a couple, I was walking down this, uh, right outside here, right in front, it used to be called the Swedish Nurses Hospital. And, uh, a couple gals came up to my buddy and I. My buddy's in heaven now, Terry Kirschman. And he was my best friend at that time. And they said, hey, you're those two guys, aren't you? And they told us a story. You see, two weeks earlier, uh, some of the girls from the school were working at the Swedish Nurses Hospital. And they said, would you and, and Terry come to our party? Because uh, there's hardly no one there. No guys will come. So we said, sure. We'd just been gotten back to God, full of the Holy Ghost. We said, sure. So, you know what Christian parties, oh, dear God. I mean, just, you know, it's like, 
was like, like chips and, you know, like. More Diet Coke? More Diet Coke? Okay, good. I mean, it was just like. So we get there and we said, uh, where's the Christian party? They said, it's third floor. So we got an elevator. Went, and, and you guys, we got off the elevator. And I've never heard that much noise in my life. It was crazy. And, you know, it was a hospital. So the smell of cannabis was, you know, it's a healing virtue of it. it at that time, it wasn't considered that, and it was everywhere. And, and, and we walked into this room, and you guys, there were strobes, and I mean, it was crazy. And so we're standing, so we're getting ready to leave, and, and, and I said, hey, wait a minute, Terry. He goes, what? I go, when the band's done, there's a keyboard up there. I said, let's go up and talk. Let's find out who the owner is. There's about 400 people. We had missed the Christian nurses deal. We were at the just nurses deal. Okay? And I said, let's just, let's just you know, talk to him. And you play, you know, a little on the keyboard, your new song. And um, then I'll just say a word. And then we'll just run out of here. He said, okay. <laughs> so we went, went, I went over to the owner. I said, uh, this is my friend. And I'm just trying to act like, every, you know, I'm my friend. And he's just... Uh, He's a lyricist, man. He is a lyricist. He's a lyricist? I said, oh, yeah. And keyboards. He's amazing. I said, at break, you know, you're going to need a little filler till the second act. He goes, sure, man. You just go. Said, okay. He'll just uh, play a little, and then I'll just say a word, and then we'll, we'll be out. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I think there's about 400 people just jammed in there. Sweat, stink, bad. And so there's a break, and Terry goes up. He goes, I've got, you know, a little something, a little. So he starts playing. Such a great keyboard player. They start listening. And uh, the last line was something like, you know, you're going straight to hell. And then, uh, <laughs> then I jumped up. I said, let me tell you right now, you need God. You need to walk away from this stuff. Jesus is the answer. It's time to get right with God. And Terry was literally at the door. They're like, they're like, you talk about stone. Yeah, they were stone, but like that. And I said, you got, uh, we got to go. And I ran and we jammed the door and we took the stairs because we couldn't wait for the, I mean, they were so ticked. So these two girls said, you're those guys. They said, man, after you guys left, the party was over. And uh, one of our uh, just nurse people that was with us told us that she knew this church across to the Covenant Church right here and that we should go there tomorrow. So 40 of us went to the Covenant Church right here. And all 40 of us, they said it was saved. We got saved. Because you were saying the hell thing, so we got saved from hell. We're not going to hell. And literally at that time, that revival moved out of North Central Bible College into the Swedish Nurses Hospital. Why? Because just a couple guys that didn't know much just were so full of Jesus, we couldn't stand anything but more of Jesus. See, uh, nudged by the Spirit. Go over there, miss the Christian thing, and get to the bad stuff. And it'll be more fun, and, and, and you'll get a word in. Uh, Holy Spirit conviction follows you. That's what it means to be uh, full of the Holy Spirit and Pentecostal. The Holy Spirit conviction will just follow you. 
I have literally walked into rooms and people started looking at me going, what? I didn't, never. What are you looking at, man? What? I go, I just, uh, is this the DMV? Literally. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it is. And then people would say, Pastor Rich. I mean, there's just, there's something about you that is pure, that is Holy Ghost anointed, so that you just are walking in conviction. And you bring, Jesus was called the rock of offense. He would walk in a room, not say anything, and they go, what are you looking at? What, what, what do you want? What do you want? Just walked in the door. You see, the purity of Jesus in your life will drive the hell out of people that are living in that room, that environment. Hell gets scared out of those kinds of people. I got to rush through this thing. I, I got to be done. People are quick to repent when you're led of the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2 verse 13, the prophet said, rend your hearts and not your garments. He said, I'm done with sackcloth and ashes, man. Get down on your face and give your heart so wholeheartedly to God that you, you can't even walk into an opportunity without weeping because of the power of the Holy Spirit with you. Rend your heart, not your garments. Don't, don't put on an outward show of holiness. Get it to the heart. Let it cut right through to you and let it purify you. You see, the man or woman of God that's driven by the Holy Ghost as a Pentecostal wants sin uncovered. He doesn't want anything, she doesn't want anything covered up. They, they want it uncovered. They want to get it out. Because once it's out, the Holy Ghost is so full in you that the enemy runs from you. Hallelujah. I mean that with all of my heart. I, I, I'm trying to stay calm. We just have a few minutes. Uh, the Bible says that Pentecost means the fear of God. There's a holy respect when you're driven by the Holy Spirit. You get asked into places nobody gets asked into. Just driven by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The Bible says in the King James Version, And fear came upon every soul. So many signs, wonders, miracles that people, my God... I mean, there was a holy fear upon the most unrighteous in the society. And, you know, we're all talking about church growth and your pastors talk about it. Can I show you New Testament church growth? Right. It wasn't try to be nice and sweet and love people a lot. Acts 5.14. The rich people in the church. Ananias and Sapphira. They'd sold a piece of property. They'd come in, give the money to Peter. Peter goes, is that, is that all of it? Ananias goes, absolutely. He goes, that's a lie. You're dead. Boom. God killed Ananias in, on the spot. He said, well, that doesn't mix with my theology. Get a new one. Uh, uh, Peter says, let's carry, carry him out. Bury him in the parking lot quickly, quickly. We've got another service coming in here. Take him out. Ushers, take, take him out. Bear him in the parking lot. Next service, his wife, Ananias, uh, Sapphira. So she wasn't the first service. You know, makeup, getting put together. You can't get up that early. Okay. So she's in the second service. She hasn't heard about Ananias. 
And she comes with some money. She says, we sold some property. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and she turns it in. And Peter goes, is that all of it? She goes, absolutely. He goes, that's a lie. The same guys that buried your husband out in the park are going to bury you. Boom, she's dead. Okay, now, they bury her in the parking lot. So you got the headstones out there. I mean, you haven't even broken for lunch yet. You got the headstones. Now, can you imagine being in that meeting that day? New Testament church, grace. So you're in the meeting that day. And, and serve, okay, that's it. We'll see you back for the 5.30 service. Children, children. Quiet, very quiet, okay. No high fives. No talking. Heading home from church. Joy and happiness and one. They're heading home. The richest people in their church are dead. And there's Marty mowing the grass. You know, gut hanging out, got a beer in his hand, mowing the grass. Hey, uh, how y'all doing? How, how was church today? <laughs> I believe, Marty, I believe this is the worst service we've had yet. <laughs> really? What happened? Well, you know, Ananias has fired the rich people. Oh, God, those guys are so rich. Yeah, well, they were in our church. And they lied to the Holy Ghost today, and God killed them both. And what would they, they do with them? Well, we buried them in the parking lot. They're right there in the parking lot. You tell me they're buried in the parking lot? They're buried in the parking lot right in front of the church there. What do you think Marty does right now? Okay. I'm sure he's emptying his beer out, drop, dropping the, goes for his T-shirt. Uh, so when's your next service? Well... It's 5.30 tonight, but you can forget about that. I mean, the place will be jammed by 3 o'clock when they hear about Ananias and Sapphira. Well, I mean, when does the door open? Could I get there at 2.30? Absolutely. I'm sure there'll be someone there to open the I'll be. I'll see you tonight. I'm t- the Bible says that when the fear of God hit the people in the New Testament, the Bible says the power of God spread and the Holy Ghost drew them. Folks, I want to do it as cool as we possibly can, and we do in Miami. But I'm going to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is moving, people will swim to church. They don't care if it's hailing, if there's a snowstorm, if all hell's breaking loose. They need God. They need the Holy Ghost. They need somebody that knows God intimately. And men and women... We're at that place in history. I don't have time to tell about my dad. I want the band to come. We are at that place in history. We could not be more divided as a nation and the world as we are right now. In my lifetime, and remember, I lived through the Vietnam War. I lived during a time when they gave police men and women the name pigs. I lived at a time when they were throwing things at the police on a regular, defaming everything that was honorable in our society. I'm talking, you think that there's something radical, right? I lived in a radical time where the National Guard was killing students on one campus at Kent University. I'm telling you, I've seen it, but I've never seen a nation so divided as we are right now. What does that mean? And what does that call for? I'll tell you what it means. I'm telling you what it calls for. The Bible says, 
says in Romans, where sin did abound, there did grace much more abound. We are absolutely prime set up by God for a takedown of the devil like we've never seen in American history. If men and women will rise to the occasion and sing, why don't you rise right now and raise your hands to heaven and sing. I know some of you have got to leave for work. This is how I fight my battles. Would you sing it right now? Come on, real loud, everybody. Come on. 